An Australian woman has a three-inch worm pulled from her brain. A man finds a bag of cash outside a bank and keeps it. And a realtor is arrested for selling an apartment to a dog. These are the weird stories on Tuesday. For Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast in the galaxy, I have three weird stories from all over the world. Let's get right into it. A doctor in Australia removed a worm from a woman's brain. (laughs) You think you have a headache. Imagine a, a worm in your brain. I wonder what the symptoms were. I assume the minimum is a headache. Perhaps she felt some wiggling and movement up in her skull. Freaky. Let's find out if she lived. A neurosurgeon investigating a woman's mystery symptoms in an Australian hospital says she actually plucked a wiggling worm from the patient's brain. This is outstanding. Surgeon Hari Priyabandi was performing a biopsy through a hole in the 64-year-old patient's skull at the Canberra Hospital last year when she used some forceps to pull out the parasite, which measured 8 centimeters, also known as 3 inches. 3-inch long worm in your brain. Here's a quote from Dr. Bandi. Well, I just thought, what is that? It doesn't make any sense, but it's alive, and it's moving. Oh, that's not a, oh, that's not a knife. That's a knife. It's a spider. It's a spider. It's a knife. It's a worm. What is it? These are fun words to say with an Australian accent. It's a reptile. It's a very large python. Hey, it's a croc. It's not, a, it's a croc. Dr. Bandy says after she removed the worm, it continued to move with a lot of vigor and the staff felt a bit sick. Can you imagine making a staff in the surgery department or whatever you call it in a hospital sick, you know, considering what they've seen over the years to make one of these people sick. It had to have been disgusting. What was the creature exactly? It was the larva of an Australian native roundworm, not previously known to be a human parasite. It's called Ophidoscaris robertsi. These worms are commonly found in carpet pythons. I don't know what a carpet python is, but it sounds horrible. Another reason not to have carpet in your home. Who's having carpet in your home in the 21st century? I mean, (laughs) I never understand carpets. Get rid of the carpets, bro. It's hardwood floors. What's wrong with you? Hardwood floors, easier to clean. You know, the pet hair and dander doesn't stick. And you don't have to deal with carpet pythons, which sound horrible. Imagine a python living in your in your living space. Dr. Bandy and uh, infectious disease physician Sanjaya Sananayake 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 I think I killed it. <laughs> that was good. They're authors of an article about extraordinary medical cases published in the latest edition of the journal called Emerging Infectious Diseases. And I don't re- recommend anybody reading that. With a full stomach. That's probably not a good read. Not for the faint of heart. said he was on duty at the hospital last year when this worm was found. Here's a quote from Come on, man, with your name. Jeez, what do you got? Anyways, the doctor says, Well, I got a call saying, we got a patient with an infection problem. We've just removed a live worm from this patient's brain.
Now, it also says here, and this is helpful, the woman was admitted to the hospital after experiencing the following symptoms. Forgetfulness, depression, scans that they did on her brain showed some major changes. Uh, a, a year earlier, she had been admitted to the hospital in southeast New South Wales with symptoms including diarrhea, night sweats, a dry cough, abdominal pain, you know, when you have diarrhea and abdominal pain, the last thing you think is well, probably a worm in my head. No, so these are some, some of the symptoms to look for. This is just another thing for us to think about and, and be paranoid about is, uh, you know, I get a headache or I get diarrhea. I'm going to wonder, do I have a worm in my brain? I need a brain scan. Now, uh, thankfully, after they removed the wiggling and jiggling worm, it wiggled and jiggled and tickled inside her Dr. Bandy said the patient regained consciousness after the worm was extracted without any negative consequences at all. Dr. Bandy says she was so grateful to have an answer for what had been causing her trouble for so very long. Six months after the worm was removed, the patient's neuropsychiatric symptoms had improved as well. The patient had been sent home soon after the surgery with some antiparasitic drugs and had not returned to the hospital since then. So the whole thing was a success. Doctors even have a theory on how she contracted this worm in her brain. Apparently, the woman lives near a carpet python habitat, and she forages for the local native vegetation. Uh, one particular vegetation is called waragal greens, which she cooks at home. While she had no direct contact with snakes, they theorized that she consumed the eggs from this vegetation. Uh, or on her contaminated hands from foraging these greens in that area that seems to be near a carpet python habitat. So uh, what have we learned here? Well, don't forage for greens near a carpet python habitat. And if you're going to, you need to wash your hands very thoroughly and look for very small eggs and snakes, obviously. And I think we also learned that if you have a headache of any sort... or or you, you get you get forgetful that you, you you might have a worm in your head so you know go tell the doctor to check your head for worms <laughs> a Connecticut man is arrested after finding five thousand dollars outside of a bank and keeping it uh, just when your day starts out miraculously <laughs> you think it's gonna be a good one the next thing you know you're arrested uh, a town resident in Trumbull, Connecticut, is very adamant that he did nothing wrong despite being charged with third-degree larceny. This is after the police charged him with stealing a bag with several thousand dollars in town tax funds after he found the money outside of a bank. Oh, so come on, man. If Jesus can turn water into wine, surely he can leave a bag of money for me. I'm one of his biggest devotees. I did nothing wrong. This is cash from heaven. What's this guy's name? Robert Withington. He's 57 years old. He says, quote, I have never had a criminal record in my whole entire life, man. This is kind of like a crock of baloney. I found money, and now it's probably going to cost me money. I found it. What a crock of baloney. I admit I kind of like this guy because he says phrases like crock of baloney. I think that's hilarious. No one says that anymore. He probably says other old school phrases like, you're surely not going to throw the book at me, are you? I just, that's a crock of baloney, man. That's, that's, that's some sort of shenanigans here. This is tomfoolery. You shouldn't throw the book at me. Mr. Withington says he found the bag of money on the ground around 9.30 a.m. Was it just on the ground in front of the bank? 
Was it in the bushes? Perhaps it was on the lawn. Was it in the parking lot of the bank? Or was it like right in front of the lobby? I mean, I got some questions. I want to know exactly where it was. It says he found the bag of money on. It just says on the ground. He figured it was his lucky day. Uh, yeah, you, what's that saying? If something seems too good to be true, it's definitely not. Here's another quote from Withington. I walked out into the parking lot, saw something on the ground. There was no one around, so I picked it up. It's not like I stole anything. It was on the ground in the parking lot. All right, at least now we know it's in the parking lot. According to the media, an employee of the tax collector's office was on their way to make a delivery to the bank branch, but upon arrival was unable to locate the bank deposit bag. The employee then reported the missing funds to the local police. Seems uh, like this individual shouldn't be in charge of city funds. This is an employee of the tax collector's office. It would seem to me like... You know, one of the very simple tasks of being an employee of the tax collector's office is to not leave the tax dollars on the ground. That just seems rudimentary to me. You just get through with that in the interview. Okay, so you're going to work for the tax collector's office? Let's say you had a bag of cash. You were going to bring it to the bank, but the bank was closed. What do you do with the bag of cash? A, bring it back to your car, drive it back to the office, and wait for the bank to open. B, bring it home, and then wait for the bank to open a little later on. C, leave it in the parking lot, maybe. D, light it on fire. <laughs> What would you do, employee of the tax collector's office? Oh, uh, I'm going to say just put it on the ground in the parking lot and then come back later when the bank's open. What could possibly go wrong with that? Now, we have in this story a selectman named Vicky who says the actual procedure for making bank deposits is that an employee never travels there alone. So there might have been two dummies there that left the bag in the parking lot. We're not sure. Uh, she says they are always escorted by police in a police car when they make a deposit. They don't go to the bank alone. Well, I doubt a police car was involved at all. I don't think authorities were involved. I think this is just some idiot that works for the tax collector's office making a huge, huge blunder. They say the bag was dropped outside the bank on the ground where Withington picked it up. Withington informed the police he was at the bank that day, found the baggage. It had $5,000 in it total. He said that he kept it and felt no obligation to return it to the owner. Here's another quote from Withington. I'm sure it's going to be good. Well, man, it's not like this was planned out. I didn't plan it. Everything was in the moment. It was like I hit the lottery, and that was that. Now, the police say they have a case because the deposit bag was actually marked with the bank's insignia and contained numerous documents identifying the town as the content's owner. All right, so you find a bag of money next to a bank, and the bag has the bank's insignia on it. Just that alone, I'd, I'd have to bring it inside. I just would. Never mind the documents inside telling you who owns the damn thing, which is basically the town itself. Buddy, buddy, what are you doing? Withington said he runs a dog training business and his clientele can vouch for his character. <laughs> your, your honor, I'm not dishonest. I'm stupid. Just ask my dogs. They'll tell you how stupid I am. They know. Withington admits that he wasn't really thinking clearly about the implications when taking the money, and he acted on impulse, considering no one was around to claim it. Does say he's innocent. He has a lawyer who's, who says, well, you know, I'm struggling to find intent in this case. He should have turned it in, whether it's larceny or, or not, but I don't think they'll be able to prove in any intent with this. 
So the lawyer thinks he can get him off of these charges. Your Honor, I would like to cite the case of finders versus losers in this instance, also known as keepers versus weepers. We all know this. A realtor was arrested for selling an apartment to a dog. This dog must be wealthy. This story is out of Iran. A real estate dealer has been dogged by controversy after footage of a home being sold to a canine was shared online. The video showed an Iranian couple who had no heirs signing their apartment over to a dog named Chester who placed its paws on an ink pad to stamp the contract. So this is a video of a dog stamping a contract. I'm going to say, no, no, it's not legal contract. A dog paw ink stamp. Is not acceptable. I don't know anything about real estate laws in Iran, though. Admittedly, I don't know anything about real estate laws in my own country. It says here, many of the details behind this real estate transaction are unclear, but apparently the incident legitimately happened, and Iranian authorities are taking action. This has led to the realtor who was involved in this transaction being arrested, and his company completely shut down on Friday by court order. We have here in this story... Iranian Deputy Prosecutor Reza Tabar, who says the sale of an apartment or real estate to a dog is an act without any legal basis and attempts to normalize the violation of society's moral values. This isn't the first time news has come out of Iranians against dogs, it says. Traditionally, while dog ownership isn't illegal in Iran, it is highly frowned upon as Islam has traditionally held dogs to be very unclean animals. Ooh, they're very much anti-dog over there. We're the opposite in the U.S. We are. We hold, we hold dogs up to a very high standard. We even give them practical citizenship over here, it seems. I wouldn't be surprised if this if this story had come out of the U.S., it would... It would be no, no story at all. They'd be like, yeah, no, no, a dog. Dogs can have property. Dogs can have anything they want. They have clothes. They have Botox. And we give them Adderall and antidepressants as well. They're basically humans over here with rights similar to humans. <laughs> it says other conservative Muslim countries have laws against dogs as well, such as Saudi Arabia, which only allows dogs into the country if they are considered hunting dogs, guard dogs, or seeing eye dogs. So apparently in these countries... Keeping a dog just to look good on your Instagram isn't enough. It has to earn its keep. It's got to it's got to put in the hours. Be a working dog, a guard dog, a seeing eye dog, etc. In Iran's dogs have been readily adopted in farms and rural rural areas, but have also surged in popularity in cities among younger Iranians, many of whom see it as a sign of affluence. And that's the end of the article. Very strange take. I guess it's a hot take. Dogs should be able to have apartments and property. Oh, they treat dogs so badly over there because they can't own property and other reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dogs shouldn't own property and apartments. I mean, this is ridiculous. Uh, I have come across a few stories where, you know, a widow will leave everything to her dogs. But even then, I don't believe in the U.S. you can leave the house to the dog, you know. That story I did about the woman who left her fortune to the, to the dogs, it wasn't exactly that. Uh, some of the money was used to keep the dogs alive in other homes. You know, so not, we're not talking about millions and millions of dollars here, nor were they allowed to live in the mansion for very long after she had passed away, which is proper, in my opinion. And the other thing, of course, there's, there's a housing shortage all over the world, it seems to me. Every city that I visit, I inquire about the rents and they always blow my mind, except for when I was in Mexico, of course. But 
you know, it's just the price of property is nuts. Who can afford to own anything? I just have resolved myself to the idea that I will never own a home and just accepted it. Now, if I hear a story about dogs owning homes, I'm going to be pretty jealous and I'm going to be against that. But that's just me. I'm a little biased. Maybe you guys believe that canines should be able to own property. Call the show 646-450-2012. Yay! Weird AF news keeps on turning. I don't know where I'll be tomorrow. I do, though. I do. I'll be in the closet tomorrow recording more weird news for you, for your ears. For your ears only. Only for you. Unless you share it. You should share it. You share the podcast. It's very easy to do. You might be listening on Spotify or something. You could just easily share it to your social media. Why wouldn't you? Help out Jonesy spread the word about Weird AF News. Don't you feel like humanity should be exposed to this podcast, given how depressing mainstream news is? You know, you should always end your news intake with Weird AF News after you've taken the mainstream news. Then Weird AF News makes you feel a little bit better, give you a couple laughs, about the ridiculous world that we live in. Maybe learn a little something. And oftentimes you say to yourself, ooh, at least I'm not that guy. You know, that's very, very helpful for your mental well-being. You know, ooh, ooh, at least I'm not living in Florida. That's very helpful for your mental well-being. More effective than, than pills, I would think. Although pills are pretty good, too. I think a pill combination with re- Weird AF News, you'd be, you'd, be, you'd be doing fine. Therapy and Weird AF News combo, you'd be doing fine. Anyways, if you guys would like to support the show... Because I'm, I'm just a one-man one show here over in a closet. You can do so by uh, joining the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash weirdafnews. Or download the Patreon app on your smartphone and do a search for Weird AF News. Or you can click the link in the description of this podcast that says Patreon. Uh, you can also buy me coffee off my website, weirdafnews.com as well. Appreciate it. Appreciate all the support, all the messages that I get on a regular basis. Uh, I'm very grateful for all my loyal listeners. And uh, so just want to let you know how much I appreciate you. And I guess that's about it. What I left the phone number earlier if you want to contact me, but uh, here's an email as well. Funnyjones at gmail.com. Feel free to say hello or send me an article or two. If you come across anything weird this week, I'd appreciate it. And uh, obviously on Friday, as you know, we only do weird news from Florida. So any weird Florida stories this week, if you come across them, don't hesitate to just shoot them right over to old Jonesy. I could use them. I could use the Florida news. Anyways, uh, I guess lastly, I'll just say good luck with your life, man, and, and the lives of everybody in your orbit. You know, Good luck with everybody's life. I like to say good luck with everybody's life. <laughs>